Hey, I'll crack the funnies, all right? I'll crack the funnies today. That's probably what I'll yeah, it'll just be Stas on Facebook. I can hear, yeah? Stas on the phone and I've had 10 coffees. Yeah, you never. Not enough coffee. Should we get another one? Put <laughs> <laughs> both selector over there. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie, lads. I'm pretty excited for this one. So we've got Through Dark Towers today with uh, Through Dark Lads, Louis Tinsley, Stas Stasica, Jay Morton. Welcome. Thank Welcome you, mate. To Zero listeners on the Duratus podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got four now. Three. Four, three others. Yeah, Plus we're three. Happy with that. We're happy with that. So, kind of had a little chat beforehand. Uh, my take with all this is trying to understand why people do what they do, why some people use that to go off and do extreme or have success, um, and then why others don't, and trying to help other people kind of understand and unpick that all. So, I'm excited today because I know, you know there's some stacks of experience in the room. This is part of why I do it on 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 a pod because I get chance to speak to my network. You've all achieved, whether you think it or not, high levels of things um, that can relate to other people. People want to hear about it, and also for myself, I'm trying to understand it as well and trying to help other people how they sort of can use this information to move forward. So I'm excited for that. Um, I'm also excited to hear a little bit more about you because I know each one of you, but sometimes we're going to be talking about stuff that we don't necessarily always talk about. So um, just see where it goes. Um, we'll keep it loosey-goosey. Um, you reckon it's worth going around the room? Um, obviously, a little bit of a canter through your brief early life, I'd say. I don't want your life story, but your brief life story um, and then into sort of how you... Uh, yeah, up to the, joining the military. Let's just go that far. Is everyone happy with that? Do you want to start up, Louis? Yeah, I'll start. So um, I grew up in the Lake District. And uh, I went to Kirby Stephen Grammar School up there. And uh, when I was about 18, 19, I joined the military. I joined the military because my older brother was actually, um, he'd already joined up. And uh, he'd joined Royal Marines Commandos. And I followed suit. So did that. Uh, spent a few years in the Royal Marines and then joined Special Forces Support Group. A few years there, and then went on to join Special Forces. Uh, spent a total of fourteen years in the military, and then left to start through that. Director of through dot <coughs> Staz, do you want to uh, go next? The condensed Staz version, if we can, mate. <laughs> if we can. For those this, of you who this, aren't aware, I do like a waffle. Is this SAS goes last? Is it? <laughs> Are, we, are people getting special pr- treatment, guys? I'm getting the kick under the table already. Sure. Hurry up. Is that what it is? Is that, is that <laughs> complex there, James? Uh, yeah, actually, I feel, uh, you know, a bit outnumbered here. Stas, Paul's there. Jay, do you want to go on number no, four? No, mate, no, I'm good. Stas number can go four. first. Number four. Number four. Stas can we go say first. your first name? <laughs> right, I'm pretty similar to Louis, really, in terms of time spent in the military. Uh, I think, again, the only thing that's slightly different from my background to Louis is uh, mine was harder no <laughs> 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 I, have, I have no immediate family um, kind of in the military or that were in the military or were kind of feeding me into that military route same uh, yeah so I think um, kind of born uh, grew up around um, in Wigan um, still family kind of up and around that area uh, moved down to Nottingham around about kind of, I want to say nine ten years old uh, spent about around roughly about another ten eleven years around Nottingham area uh, Mansfield, and then uh, from there, kind of made my way slowly but surely um, down south through joining the military. Joined the military about twenty-one years old, 
uh, spent the first three years in the Royal Marines, uh, then put myself on selection, and then uh, my last kind of 10, 10 to 11 years were, were spent down here, down in, uh, in Sunny Pool, uh, in Sunny the SBS. Pool indeed, which is where we're sat today. It's lovely outside. No, nice one, mate. Thanks. Number four. Go for it, mate. Number four. Um, I'll just say we've probably all got very similar lives, haven't we? And um, I grew up in... the most diverse of rooms, is it? It's not it, very diverse. It's weird, isn't it? We all <laughs> kind of spent similar time in the military, all kind of had similar backgrounds. Mine being Parage SAS, but similar to, to Marines SPS. We're all similar age. We're all Northerners. Um, we've all got facial hair. And uh, yeah, I guess, so for me, I'm from Preston originally. Um, grew up there up until pretty much when I joined the army. Um, did school, all that kind of stuff. Had a pretty normal upbringing. Um, didn't really like school. As I'm sure most of us sat here didn't really like school. Uh, enjoyed the sport aspect of it, but um, you know didn't really enjoy the sat in classrooms and the the writing and coursework and all that. Enjoyed kind of just being outside, drinking cider on parks. Um, what, was your, what was your tipple? It was white lightning. White lightning. I knew it. Oh, yeah, I white lightning it. on on Morgan's posh. Park. That's posh. <laughs> yeah. What was yours? Twenty twenty. Hooch. Oh, MD twenty. <laughs> Mad dog. Mad dog. Mad dogs was posh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And then enjoyed sport. Played rugby. Um, and then when I left school, decided to to go and study uh, sport at a college. Again, enjoyed the sport aspect of it, but didn't really enjoy the coursework and the work aspect of it, or say work as in the classroom-based stuff. I had a friend that was in the Paris at the time, and I had actually... What's her name? Uh, <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> Teresa Edge. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I was outnumbered. <laughs> Outgunned as well. Now, yeah. now um, he, was in, he was in three par at the time, and... He used to come back on leave, used to spin dates. And at the time, funny old thing, I wanted to join the Marines. And uh, Tell us why you couldn't, Jay. Because <laughs> when I went in, <laughs> I went into the careers office. And uh, the guy behind the careers office, big, muscular, homosexual man with tattoos, uh, <laughs> fancied his, me. What's her name? Fancied me. <laughs> now, he, at the time, he, he turned around to me and he's like, looked at me, puny little kid, way too much white light in, in, in my veins. And uh, thinking of it, yeah, he, he said, "How many how many pull ups can you do, son?" And, uh, <laughs> Classic. At the time, I could probably do about one thousand. No, one. Um, and at the time, I probably couldn't do any. And he said, "Look, you need to do fifteen pull ups to get in into the Marines. That's important." And that put me off. <laughs> so about resilience and mindset today, peeps. <laughs> this is where it starts. <laughs> this is the lesson. That's gold right there. So I enjoyed the paras. <laughs> True story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that, that's it. Shit, if I'd have known that, I'd have joined the paras as well. Yeah, yeah, It's funny because, I, again, I remember walking into a careers office and I was volunteering because I'd been to school. I thought, I've got an education. I saw on a checklist A-levels is enough for officer, so I volunteered for officer. They said to me, you're 18 years old, go away, get some life experience. So I about turned and went straight back in and applied as an OR for whatever reason. It was kind of what I wanted to do then. Um, But I hinted a little bit there, Jay, in in the sort of, you've enjoyed sport. Again, I think back about my background. I I used to love sport. I was never any good at any one sport. I was okay at pretty much every sport. I know Staz has got a bit of sport in uh, 
background, which we'll come on to before we join the military. And yourself, Lou, did you play sport yeah, at all? Yeah, I did quite well, actually. <coughs> I think, uh, if you do say so yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all about you, Louis. Yeah. Oh, go on. <laughs> Can we just add Louis looks like Bo Selector today? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Um, yeah, at school, so I, got, I actually got the victory on the door, but I think everybody felt sorry for me, so they just yeah, they gave me the award for best boy. Um, but I'll take nice it. Best boy. <laughs> yeah, all-round good egg. Uh, so, yeah, I was all right at, at, you know, pretty much all sports. I was never, never excelled at one in particular, but, I, you know, I, I dipped my toe in and I was all right. Held me on. No, so I, th- I think this is a common thread with most people, in our background at least, that willingness to take on a challenge and enjoy challenges more than anything. That That's the key thing, I think. Jay, what was your sort of, which sports did you used to uh, rugby, rugby, yeah, yeah. I had a paper round as well, which is kind of a sport. Yeah, it's a, that is a proving ground. Impressive, right there, and a milk ground. No, well, no good for pull-ups, but it is a proving ground. Yeah. Uh, Mindset your, resilient. Tell us a bit about you, mate. You had a bit of yeah. I kind of skipped through the beginning bit, you know. Uh, I the daggers from it. you guys looking at me, just condensed version, but clearly there's a bit more to it than that. Um, I think for the my life's kind of broken down into three, three. I'd say three kind of stages. The first stage I mentioned, kind of being born um, up in stage. up in Wigan, good stage. Um, you know, uh, that, that kind of element for me, um, you know, North Wigan, rugby, uh, kind of a big in, in, uh, input there. Had an uncle who used to play quite high level uh, for Wigan Warriors, obviously a professional up there. Um, kind of pushed through that route at school, you know, athletics, outside, you know, just getting stuck into that stuff, which I enjoyed, loved. Again, probably similar to you, Jay, I think just kind of finding your niche as an individual and just numbers and words and all this stuff, it just kind of wasn't really resonating with me in, uh, from, a, from a, you know, um, a school perspective. So I kind of, uh, again, like you said, guys, just similar to everybody else here, just kind of put, getting pulled and, and, and finding a passion more towards the kind of sports and the outdoors, really. Um, so that was kind of the first bit was rugby and you're still trying to find your feet as a kid. And then the second sort of element was moving to, to Nottingham. Uh, around about nine, ten years old, um, my parents split. Uh, it's probably, I'd say, growing up as a kid, you're quite sheltered. You don't really understand what's going on. But I think it's probably my first kind of slap in the face was a okay, what's going on here? What's happening? Um, that that move ha- that you know that, that move then, happened. Man. I think probably nine, ten years old. So me and my my older brother, uh, he's a few years older than me. We'd kind of up sticks. You know, we were kind of comfortable, happy, happy kids. Really had a good good upbringing. I was happy, uh, and then kind of being moved, uprooted to, to Nottingham, or oh, Mansfield in particular. So mother kind of remarried. Uh, we've got a stepdad on the scene now who's, uh, you know, probably difficult. I'm trying to I'm trying to understand the man, as Louis would say, and trying to understand things from other people's perspectives sometimes. Maybe it was difficult for him and, and other people, but us as kids as well, and kind of pushing back and rejecting the whole kind of, um, you know, that, that environment, if you will. Um, I think, you know, we're probably a year into this move and, you know, still seeing my dad up and down. I I remember a lot of weekends, probably every other weekend, you know, my dad coming down, driving up and down, a lot of time spent in the car, back up to Wigan. You know, my dad had found another partner as well. Uh, And that was kind of life. We'd kind of get into this flow. And I think as kids, you you do tend to just very quickly adapt. Adapt. uh, Yeah. And and kind of you don't really overthink too much at that age, I'd say. Um, so this was happening for for, uh, for a while, and then I'd say my, my you know my probably my life's biggest slap in the face happened about a year kind of into this um, situation, and uh, and my mum suddenly passed away. Uh, I was around about eleven years old. Uh, it was it was totally unexpected. It was a brain hemorrhage, so it was kind of one moment you know there. I'd say the fortunate thing about that that kind of situation was at the time me and my brother were up in Wigan um, with 
you know, with my dad, visiting my, my dad, I just remember kind of being sat down and it's kind of vivid memories really, but, you know, being sat down and told that, you know, something's happened, you know, the mom, you know, mother's not very well, we're going back down to Nottingham and then that was kind of it. It was kind of really weird. It was a, um, a stage that just kind of happened really quickly and didn't have much time to process as a kid, I think. I remember spending a few days in, in hospital and bits and pieces going through that kind of stage and kind of not really understanding what's going on. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, she was kind of on life support and then few days in the decision was made that you know um to turn life support Epic, off mate. yeah so i think that coupled with moving as well you know being disjointed and, and, and geographically moving then we're in next thing i know i'm kind of flashed to bang i'm in a house with a man i don't really know and don't understand you know a stepfather with my older brother we're in a new environment in terms of school we're Game picking changer. up and it is yeah and at this time it was kind of uh um, you know, schools, it's a tough place at time, isn't it, as a kid, you know, and you're dealing with all your other stuff and all your own in insecurities and anxieties, that coupled with this going on as well and, and kind of moving through that transition. Um, you know, it was uh, probably on reflection now, looking back, quite a difficult time, really. Um, but I'd kind of, I think, put a bit of fire in my belly, I think, a bit of spark. You looked, so you said you didn't think about it at the time. Did anyone else face anything similar, like a losing a parent or... Did parents splitting up or anything like that I personally didn't not until later on in life uh, my family was you know pretty solid I felt give me a good sort of grounding but you can, you can hear something like that and say well you use that as a something that shaped you in the sense of it you can look back now I'm sure and go actually I think so yeah in a different way yeah I think I got I kind of on reflection now that's a beautiful looking looking at things you know objectively now from you know from the outside looking in it was probably a big deciding factor for me but it, it made me quite resentful quite angry but yeah. but it, I felt like it gave me a, you know a purpose a fire something to kind of you know um kind of prove and and, and kind of do somebody proud you know I if that makes sense because I think generally what I've seen again only 10 sort of chats like this in but people the way people frame big issues like that they go it's either a reason why it's an excuse why they are the way they are and it's a good get out clause to not really doing anything or people go whether it's they've not had something like that and it's been good running and this is why I'm successful because I've had great fundamentals or they've had something catastrophic happen and they go that's helped me and it's how they framed it in the sense of it's a challenge rather than a threat and they've just gone well, absolutely I yeah this. I think we spoke about that before you know and, it, and it's it, there's probably two ways of, of approaching that isn't there but I think that What's difficult at that age, I think, is you're still under, you, you know, it's weird, isn't it, when you grow up as a kid? I don't know what your thoughts are, but you kind of, you know, you think you know everything, don't you? And it's that, it's that youth, you know, I don't know the exact saying, but, it, you know, it's people that you go through, you think you know everything, and, and, uh, and you're the man, you know, you're the star of your own show. And, uh, and it's not until you start getting older and you start getting more experienced and start understanding the world you know, in more detail, that you actually understand how vulnerable you actually are on this planet and, and, and your own sort of status in, in the world and stuff. So as a kid, I think you're, uh, you know, you're kind of sheltered in that respect and you do believe your own hype and you kind were, of moving through that. You football to quite a high level before you joined the military. Yeah, absolutely. So um, from moving to Nottingham, obviously transitioned from rugby, um, you know, uh, to football. I remember starting football about 13 years old, so quite late to the, like, late to the late. scene, really. Uh, but obviously I had a sporting background and stuff. But, yeah, I think <clears throat> for me personally, uh, I remember my friend uh, taking me down to the local um, football club, Clipston, and uh, they were like, hey, listen, you know, let's not play you know, football. Uh, by the way, you're in the net. You're in the goal. We need a goalkeeper. <laughs> Classic. Um, and I remember just that. didn't have you down as a goalie, mate. I know, mate. So the, I know, like all, all four foot three of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stunted my growth. Um, 
So I think from there, shit, I was uh, I was terrible. First few games, I was didn't I didn't understand the rule. I didn't know the rules as well. So I was kind of running around. It was the time before keepers could move with the ball. So you, you only had so many steps, or was it six seconds? Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was fucking. I was just cutting about doing my own thing, and everyone's yeah. like, what, "What's this idiot doing?" And uh, you know, so I think after that, it kind of nothing's changed. Nothing's changed, <laughs> mate. Still don't know the rules, you know. So, um, so after that, obviously, I uh, got into the game, started then playing outfield. Um, and then transitioned really quickly, picked it up quite quickly, started playing for, you know, the school, uh, playing at high level, picked up uh, Nottinghamshire County. I was kind of um, always quite a leader in that respect as well, always maybe just gobby, I don't know, but always kind of up for it and, and kind of uh, leading from the front and, and kind of found my niche and, 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 and my calling really and something I was passionate about that I could get involved with. And I think from there, kind of... Uh, carried on um, at professional clubs, Mansfield Town, bits and pieces. Uh, around about the time everything went, uh, they went liquidate, into liquidation. Uh, no contracts were being handed out. I was kind of a free agent at that point, of around about 15, 16, when they were handing out kind of YTS um, scholarship schemes and things. Old school. <laughs> Old school. Uh, and then from there, I was playing at uh, uh, Nottinghamshire uh, County again, got picked up by you know a couple of clubs in Leicester and Fulham and all these kind of clubs, but nothing kind of cemented. Um, obviously playing at a high level, I then transitioned to um, um, Nottinghamshire uh, College. Uh, again, I think it's similar to you, Jed, were you uh, like a sports science kind yeah, of? Same. Yeah, same B-tech, B-Tech sports yeah, exactly science. I went in the first time and I was like, I want to be, be an engineer. Sort of random because uh, I did some work experience. I wanted to, always wanted to be a mechanic when I was a kid for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I did the work experience in this real shit place in Woodhouse, and I remember the bloke looking at me like, "What are you doing here, kid? Like, you know what I mean? There's so much to do out there." And I was like, "I want to be a mechanic, fix cars." He was like, "Don't be an idiot. Like, there's more Tonka, to do." Mate. I think yeah. Tonka growing up, Absol- that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To answer for. Absolutely, talked me out of it. But <laughs> I went. I went to college thinking I want to be an. Enge- I'll do an engineering degree. Speaking to my granddad and stuff, you, you know, um, sorry, my grandparents kind of raised me, um, you know, from kind of the age of 11 up. Uh, my granddad's kind of look at it, you know, get a, um, something you can, you can utilise in terms of skill set. I turned up to <laughs> college and then uh, realised I was actually uh, pretty stupid, really, in terms of <laughs> GCSEs and all that good stuff. I mean, I was all right. I had an A, a B, some Cs and Ds and uh, maybe a couple of E's and F's. What did you know. get an A? Um, sport. Yeah, PE. PE, did you call it PE back in the day? Yeah, it tells a story. Education. Highest grade. She just couldn't do any pull ups. <laughs> <laughs> Was that part of GCSE? <laughs> but, but I think, yeah, so the, the college element, I, I, I sort of transitioned into there. Um, so in my mind, so, you play for Fulham. That's what I was asking. Yeah, you so play for Fulham? and and the British British colleges. So represented like British colleges, England schoolboys as well. I uh, play the obviously English school, probably the highest level. You can play with the in schools and Nottinghamshire counties and all that sort of stuff. And then um, uh, for various reasons uh, and waffle reasons, really injuries and bits and pieces at a young age. Kind of um, I kind of was getting distracted. Uh, got injured. Uh, had a knee operation, came back, uh, kind of waffled it to Fulham. I was at Fulham at the time. Everything was going great, you know, the training, everything was kind of moving in the right direction for me. Slotted into the team perfectly as a right back. You know, I wasn't kind of st- treading on anybody's football boots, anybody's toes at the time. So uh, it was all looking kind of rosy. Uh, and then I uh, yeah, did myself a mischief on the knee. Uh, a motorcycle accident or something yeah, yeah. chaser in your pissing your about uh, yeah. uh, you know uh, playing around so with the lads at a motocross uh, as you do yeah uh, granddad's famous last words don't injure yourself yeah and then um, yeah from there uh, kind of um, went back rehabbed kind of waffled said look I was playing football with my friends on, on leave you know leave do you call it leave 
uh, and then kind of went back. I know. First game back, I remember that my knee went again. It kind of uh, locked, dislocated, kind of thing. And I just remember hitting the ground. And I think I was more disappointed at the time, though, for my granddad. Bless him. He'd, he'd put me through all this stuff. He'd never missed a game. Drove me for the length and breadth of, of the UK, you know, and funded essentially all that stuff. And you know, and and was my biggest supporter. And I, I was obviously gutted myself because I knew that was it. But I remember looking at his face, kind of like my granddad down here yeah. as well, which is quite a, kind of a, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a big deal for me. Uh, I think from there it was just back into college, kind of still playing, playing at college, but not never at that level again. And then uh, I kind of moved out of, uh, passed through the, the sort of college process, and then um, I was into sort of working within a gym, so, uh, a local gym. So seeing seeing opportunity and then it kind of got dashed basically yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd kind of put all my eggs in those baskets as well yeah um so going around the table then if we ask sort of what was it about joining the military let's say for starters what was the drive what was the motivation you think well, you probably never thought about it before I know I hadn't until I had to but what do you think was the reason why you joined the military at the time you mentioned your brother was serving is that right? yeah so I alluded to it earlier so yeah my elder brother Frankie so he's, he's three years older um so yeah he, Frankie Tinso. Frankie Tinso, yeah. Um, so he was always good at sports, and uh, I don't know why we got hooked. I think he, he did actually. He applied to go officer for, uh, originally. I don't think he kind of passed the um, is it the briefing course or whatever it is for, that you do for for officers, and uh, he ended up going as a, a, a normal rate anyway. And yeah, yeah, I think that was it. So he just spurred me on. So I, it was my brother, really. Didn't need much. There's a lot of people that don't need much to sort of, you, re, you end up spending, I mean, how many years did you spend in the military after that? 14 years. 14 years. And so you don't need much sometimes to sort of, that initial sort of step, and then you kind of fall into it. Same with me. I was like, never expecting to be successful, but never expect to do over 20 years later. But you, you just go, that's enough for me, and just go give it a go. And I think, again, there's a common thread with the mindset of people like ourselves where you'll take a chance and, and you're not afraid of failing. I think that's the key. If you go, you give it a try, you'll see where it goes, and then you'll come back and learn from it. And I think that's common, a common threat. See, that's weird, because I, I find that's probably one of my biggest fears is the fear of failure. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know it if drives, it's... It must drive it, you forward as well. So I think it's probably that. Yeah, it's probably that. We'll, come up, we'll definitely come on to that yourself, Jay. Why did you join... Obviously, you couldn't join the Marines, which was your primary <laughs> desire. But, uh, um, probably go back to kind of just before I joined, and... I worked in a, a double glazing factory at the time. I think from an early age... Might, like, sorry to interrupt. That, there's lots of people out there that sort of do probably more menial jobs. That sort of job for me, I reckon, is more tough than... Like, I've worked at McDonald's. That job was the toughest job I've ever had. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know that what sort you mean. of job, I know what you, um, mean. you know, where the pressure's yeah. on and just day-to-day -day grind. So people think that life's tough in certain roles, but that, that sort of job must have been tough, yeah? Tough for me. Probably not yeah. tough for other people. Yeah, going back to that, I think it was kind of from an early age, I, I looked at kind of my parents, you know, they grafted their asses off, nine to five job, provided us with a good life. And I kind of looked at that and I looked at the kind of classic nine to five model. And from an early age, I just thought, like, like what, what's that all about kind of thing? It's like you, you spend, you know, 80% of your life in work, in a job that you don't enjoy. And I started this job at this double glazing factory did it motivate me? Did it drive me? Like, again, it was like school. It was something that I didn't enjoy. And I guess it's going back to that thing about if, if I don't enjoy something, I won't be motivated in doing it. Um, 
and kind of I learned probably a lot of lessons at working at that double glazing factory. Um, and then kind of the military thing always appealed to me because it's not that nine to five. That's probably one of the biggest things. Yeah. And then it's, you know, it's about being a part of a team and part of people, like-minded people, and everyone's joining for a certain reason. And it was more for me about escaping Preston and escaping that nine to five that I'd done for two to three years, not very well, unmotivated, and, and joining something that's bigger and, and you know, that's going to drive me and motivate me and something that I think I'll enjoy and excel in. Yeah, man, give you a little bit more of a purpose. And that's what people talk about, purpose all the time. Mm. Um, did you have any sort of particular driver stats why you thought you would join the military obviously you've had success in sport to some degree but yeah I think um, pretty similar to Jay really um, it, the only difference being that I quite enjoyed the job that you know from leaving college um, I was a personal trainer working within a gym a council run gym local to me literally same village same people uh, transition as well just a lifeguard all that kind of stuff okay, yeah as you do so kind of you know, just getting beer tokens really for the weekend for when I was in college. Um, but yeah, I think I, I kind of enjoyed that, uh, the teaching element and, and that was something that I was interested in was keeping fit. Uh, I think probably from the sport background. Um, I think in terms of, there's nobody pushing me again, like I said, into the military. Um, I think it was just something that I was interested in personally. Used to, <laughs> you're going to slate me for this, guys, but I used to read loads of the Andy McNabb books, you know, as a kid. I used to love it. I used to really get into all that stuff. Um, so I, I'd kind of that seed was there, and, and that kind of you know um, something that was that was mysterious. That it's I, that's I, funny, mate, because you you obviously don't listen to my podcast, which is fine, because uh, <laughs> I talk about this all the time. About the, the, the book when I was about fourteen, whatever it was, Red Red Bravo Two Zero, that yeah. sowed a seed for me. Mm-hmm. I talk about this in a lot of sports. It's about having that role model. I didn't know the bloke from Adam. I think that's quite similar to me then. But yeah. I I used him as a bit of a. Mor- I would love to do that. That is what yeah. I would love to do. I didn't think I was ever going to be good enough, but I'd love to do that. And yeah, absolutely. So the con, like, and again, the, the sort of the lads that are pushing out the books now, you know, and, and I know they get from within our old organisations get a lot of criticism, and I know I'm sure Andy McNabb got whatever his real name is got a lot of criticism at the time for doing what he did. But I also know it, it's a lot of people. I know Fox is exactly the same. That that was something he read. And mm. I'd love to do that, and that definitely sowed a seed for me. Wait a minute, you're saying sure it's not his actual name. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? You just Christian <laughs> 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 Honestly, I know. I think, well, that's it's good to hear. It's, you know, Jason me, Fox is really called Jason Fox as well, don't you? This is Wait a minute. You, Wait a minute. <laughs> from Used Holiday Lifestyle. Oh, shit. Cover blown. But that's interesting, though, to hear that. I mean, uh, I thought I was some sort of closet. Uh, Andy I, was, I was the same. Uh, I read honestly, Bravo to Zero. There we go. Yeah. And so you tell us you've read Bravo to Zero. No. Can't read. Can't read. Who's the only normal one, isn't it? I weirdly remember my brother used to like read a lot of books. And I, I remember meeting him at the library, and he had a book on the SAS. And I had absolutely, like, you know, I was probably like 13 years old. I had absolutely no idea about it. Didn't know what it was. And it, it literally was called SAS. And there was a picture of a guy in black rig. A geezer. The old, uh, a geezer. And the, the old, um, is it S10? S10 respirator? Oh, is yeah. it S10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the yeah. old eyes. Old yeah. S10 respirator on coveralls and like the MP5. I remember saying to my brother, I was like, what's that all about? He's Kinky. like, oh, it's this secret, uh, secret like army organisation. Uh, <laughs> Super like, army soldiers. It's weird. It just always kind of sticks out in my head. I was just like, oh, it's kind of pretty cool. I know I was, uh, I might have said this the other day, but I, uh, I remember it was in a, in a newspaper, there was this picture of a load of guys on the back of a ship, you know, the back door of a ship. There was like all in black rig. 
and the, the ship was underway and I thought in this in this newspaper clip I thought that looks amazing it proper <laughs> got me stirring down below and I was like that's the sort of thing that I was I'd like to do uh, now I know now we know the reality of that <laughs> doesn't like always heroes meet, yeah. doesn't always meet your expectations let's just say that but um, it, sometimes that sort of thing so again I, I, I'm not going to sit and criticise anyone for writing a book and I know that they're powerful for other people and they can motivate people to do and that's what I'm kind of getting at that you sometimes just need a little nudge and everyone always looks for this sort of hack to why you've been successful in whatever it is you do but sometimes it's not like that you're just enjoying what you're doing and it just takes you somewhere right? I agree and I think m most of it in life anyway is just it's just taking that step um, yeah. and you know going through that sort of transition, there's always going to be wrong steps. You can always back up yeah. and, and have another go. But I think something for me personally, I've never been worried about kind of, you know, flying the nest, moving away. You know, uh, I'd kind of traveled the country, done, done bits and pieces anyway with, you know, w with sport and stuff. So, and I'd kind of always wanted to, I don't know what it was. There's more, there's more, there's more. I had yeah, like a, year yeah, or, a year or two in so. this in this gym and I was kind of happy, but I was like, this can't be it. This can't be it. why if you all kind of volunteered for special forces so louis is that like when you were in the marines and it what, what was the, oh, i don't want to put words in your mouth but what was the reason why you wanted to join sf um i'm going to come to that um it's one of the special forces ethos really but it's relentless pursuit of excellence and i think um all of us have that and any of anybody who's been through that special forces selection process has that in them from the very start, you always want to be a better version okay. of yourself. I think you're right, and I, what I want to understand is why you think that is. So, what what gave you that? What gave you that? Do you think that gave you that desire? Because I, again, I, I joined Special Forces not thinking I was on this unrelenting quest for excellence, but I agree with you. I must have been because I wasn't happy doing something mediocre. But what I don't understand is why. I developed that and needed that. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to unpick. Ooh. Give me your thoughts, gentlemen. I, th I think that this could be a little bit of ego, which is which is bad. Um, I think ego's real, bro. And I don't know. I think you 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 you've got these uh, external people that you look up to, but wh why do you look up to them? Um, and I think a lot of egos attached to that. But yeah, I think it's just, still it's just trying to be that better person i'd agree with that as that's well. healthy ego though isn't it, it? it is good like, ego, it is yeah. a bit of ego it's like well what do you want to do it's like if i didn't have that ego telling me what i, what I wanted to do i'd have, like not gone in the army or i would have carried on working at the factory it's like it drove me into going into the paras and not a different regiment like the marines or like it drove me to to go on sf selection and it drove me to do well like outside of of the sas i think my thing as well linking back into that is is like the um integrity side of it as well for me i always kind of envisioned that somebody was kind of overwatching me uh you know and that i was i think that that is pretty much what you know you think, it, that, like you, you think your mom not necessarily but I, probably oh, to oh. elements of that yeah d definitely but i think you know um i'd always you know having people to look up to or something to aspire to and i think this will link back into a lot of yeah, common themes and, and, and threads here is and you've already mentioned it, Gats, but I think purpose. If you've got a purpose and something to strive towards, there's no there's no better feeling in, in the world. And and we know how much, you know, SF selection consumes your brain. It, it it's everything. You know, when you're on selection, you're going through that process. There's nothing else that matters, you know, because it's again, mate, that's your head and that you've had success in it. I know plenty of people that have been unsuccessful didn't mm. think like that. I know people that have been unsuccessful and did think like that, but again, you you we're all biased because we know what gave us success. What success so we looks go, like. This yeah. is this is 
obviously what everyone does and it's not you know people have got different balances we were all we sp- the first things we walked when i walked in today we're just having a bit of have a chat and we're like we're freaks aren't we we are we're weirdos because <laughs> we're weird yeah we're weird but i'm trying to unpick yeah. that weirdness this is what this this is what this is all about really because you're you're now you all have got success in what you're doing uh, and there's something that's just motivating you to keep going to get up in the day to Mate, it's that it's fire like, in your belly isn't it it's just being stubborn as well and it's having that that, that fire that then? fire well i think for everybody else it's different you know, for Louis, it was that thing of, you know, for me, it was a, a fear of failure as well. Like, there's n- absolutely no point along that selection process that I was going to pick up a phone, you know, and ring the people that I loved and go, hey, listen, I- I've pulled myself off it because I'm a bit tired or yeah. because, me, you know, I've twisted my no sock. No energy for that. No, I've got no time. I've never had that. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever had that in me. I've never had a quit in me like, you know. Um, so it would have had to, I would have had to have been physically dragged off selection and, you know, through injury. Um, I think it's that as well. Like knowing what you'd go back to if <laughs> if you were unsuccessful. Same when joining the army, it's like it's like I had that fear of going back to what I used to do, that factory worker job. Mm. I had that fear chasing me all the way down through P Company, and that's that's you know knowing where I was going, and then yeah. also knowing what was to come if I'd have, if I'd have come off. I agree with you, mate. And so again, I remember in marine training the fear of because I, I hurt my ankle real early on and the fear of getting back troop was like it's never going to happen it's never yeah. going to happen and, it, and i was lucky enough to survive that and to get on through but it, again it was the fear of telling people that i'd left that i thought in my mind that, that were thinking that i wouldn't be successful that was like i'm going to prove you wrong and just fast forward sort of 20 odd years for yourselves now like in business now a completely different environment but what's the thing that's driving you forward to make through dark successful what is it that you're looking for who's your role models who's your same principles you think it's probably the exact same thing where you went on sf selection absolutely definitely and it's probably the the exact same reason why i got out that factory worker job and and joined the army it's all the same it's the same leave why did you leave when you left is in the sf yeah um quite quite a few reasons i think um you know i was quite young at the time I went on, I was lucky to go on uh, a mountain guides course whilst I was in Hereford. That probably changed my view on on life and like what was out there. You know, you'd be sat at the top of a mountain, sat on a ridge line after just doing, you know, the endorphins were running, you just ski toured up. You had like the perfect line to go and ski down and kind of sat there and soaking all that in, you know, before I went on that course. I was all, you know, SF driven. You know, I wanted to progress in my career. I wanted to pick up TL, Sergeant Major, all that jazz. Like I was dedicated to that craft and then seeing like what else was out there in terms of adventure, in terms of mountains. You know, I was still quite young. I was 32 when I was on the course. I was 34 when I left. I understood that I still had a lot of time ahead of me. Um, So that was a big driver. And then, you know, there there were other things. It was like the timing was correct know in terms of age in terms of meeting louis and stars and discussing through dark um also i felt like you know when i joined and i think you know stars and louis will probably agree it was like you know we joined when afghanistan kicked off and we were or i feel that i was very fortunate and unfortunate in certain terms but very fortunate in the in the in the the operations and the jobs that that i got early on in my career ticked a lot of boxes Ticked a lot of boxes, exactly that. And I did a lot of stuff that I wanted to do. And Bravo 2-0 stuff, you'd surpassed what you'd read. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. I felt like I'd done everything and I felt like the rest of it now was just, was work and it was monotonous. And I enjoyed, you know, the first 
two years of, or I really enjoyed the first two years of being in SF because it was, you know, you know, minimal responsibility. It was running around, shooting things. It was all the stuff that you'd ever, that you'd ever wanted it to be. And then the longer that you're in, it, it does start to feel more like a It doesn't matter what you job. do, you've got to keep on that progressive growth line upwards. You can't, if you ever feel like you're going stagnant, you, you feel like yeah. you're going down. And so it doesn't matter what you do. It's interesting. I mean, people could, I'd imagine, think, well, how could you ever get bored of a life in the SAS? Because yeah. that, It's not boredom, though. I think it was like, it, it's exactly what you just said, Gaz. It was like, I didn't feel as challenged or as motivated in, in the later years. And it, it was all those aspects of, you know, being, having the, you know, having all the jobs that I, that I got, all the operations, it was, you know, spending that time in the mountains. It was understanding what age I was and what I was capable of if I did get out. And it was all that kind of stuff that was just milling around in my head. And I was just like, and then it was the curiosity of, all right, well, what else can I do that will challenge me and test me just as much? So I've I've got this, I've got this theory that I'm piecing together. So, you know, people, there's, there's significance that you're looking for when you're coming into this world and you kind of, you get significance, ego, like you mentioned, you know, that's definitely a driver, you know, we're in a unit called special for starters, you know what I mean? You can't help but have that. We talk about humility in the units quite a lot uh, and it's vital because it's all about team rather than person, but there's equally, there's ego that's driving you. So you're after that some significance to be, and there's privileges that you get being in those units when you compare yourself to other regiments. You speak all of our kind of parent regiments, if you like, uh, you know, they, you know, that is significant to a point but then you want more right and and then when you sort of become a little bit stagnant rather than kind of bored um you still need that there that um, variety so variety is still massively important and if you fail to get variety you were telling that story then jay i'd laugh myself because i nearly sent it to you the other day stas um got a few video clips of a our time together, mate. And there was this one time, I won't name names, but you're in a minibus with uh, one of the lads. <laughs> and you're just bored, mate. You're, you're waiting in a line to do, go do this remount exercise and you're, you're singing these songs into this light dashboard, mate. And <laughs> the things that we were doing were crap. There's not, uh, it's not all awesome, mean. is it? Yeah. It's not yeah. all awesome uh, what you do. There's some pretty stale times. Well, if, and, if, you, yeah. if you think about the job, it's like, you know, the 10%, 10% act, action, action shooting isn't it? guns, yeah. getting yeah. shot up, yeah. blowing yeah. stuff up. And then the rest of it, like you need to be 100% for that 10%. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of it is just training and dedication. That's it. And that's where people struggle with the balances of life because you've got this massive commitment, this job that isn't a job, it's a life, really. Yeah, you commit everything to it. And then they struggle when they've got misses, children, and you go, well, where's my priorities lie? The kind of job demands you give it priorities. And that's where I think a lot of lads struggle. And a lot of lads punch out at that stage because they go, you know, I can't balance it and I'm going to do the right thing with their family. Probably one of the biggest sort of factors, isn't it, as well? I think just reiterating what Jay said there, and a couple of things, you know, with Louis and Ego, I'll I'll just touch on that point first. I think with that, it's probably an ex... It's a way for for people to be externally validated. And when I was younger or as a kid, you're, you're always insecure and, am I accepted? Am I good enough? A way to do that is to prove yourself through external validation be it a course feedback feedback. so if you if you put yourself in you know the hardest military start with the marines or the paras you know know, arguably the two hardest infantry basic infantry courses and training you know you pass that and you say what's next what's the hardest course within this unit you know sniper or whatever it is a pti course snipers whatever it is you pass that and you say well brilliant you know i'm doing all right well now what I, i need more validation you know i'm i'm riding this wave so selection let's do selection you do selection 
you pass election, you go, I'm, I'm doing really good now. And from the outside looking in, people must think, you know, some sort of superstar ninja, you know, yeah. this guy. And You've got this internal message that you, 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 only, totally you don't know yourself. No one, start, yeah. no one started thinking they were going to pass right uh, Hang on yeah. a minute, yeah. yeah. Go, like, yeah. yeah. So that means, Louis... Did you start selection thinking I'm going to crush this? Uh, do you know what? I, I think I just knew that there was there wasn't going to be any stopping me. I get to the end no matter what. Yeah. Um, whether I was going to be selected as good enough or not, I don't know. Yeah. So I suppose yeah, there was a sense of doubt there. But I think what Stas is saying now, it's like that sense of aspiration mm. is a big one for us, and and also that sense of achievement and being able to goal set and then have the reward of being able to tell yourself you've put a shift in. And you've got something out of it, whether that's a sense of belonging, a belonging to a group, or just your own internal validation, like Stas says. It's a combination, probably, of everything, isn't it? There that you're saying. So your own kind of, for your own mindset to say, look, I am, I'm accepted here, and, and I've proven myself. I have proven myself to probably to the highest standard that we could do within our environment. You know, yeah, and then yeah, I'd agree, mate. agree. And did you, you kind of look down the line? And I'd have left a few years before. I had that big carrot on the stick with my pension, but I'd have left a few years before because I felt like I wasn't being challenged enough in the job I actually enjoyed the last few jobs that I did but I wasn't challenged in it as, as the way I, I was previously in the ways that I was seeking I think and yeah. so for me to leave and set up my own thing was important to me because I need a new challenge yeah. and that's been an awesome challenge to have and I guess that's kind of the same for you guys where I know sort of circumstances are always slightly different in what made you leave but ultimately there's you've got to throw yourself into something new you mentioned feedback I don't think most people, I think most people are afraid of feedback. I think people, I'm going to say like us because we're weird, like we've already said, most people. <laughs> I'm completely for normal, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> said no normal person yeah. ever. <laughs> said, said no one else in this room, Louis. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm mental. Yeah. But uh, I think when you, when, you, when you pursue feedback, that's, that's when you learn stuff. And I think if people yeah. could just understand that that fear of that judgment, that feedback that you might get is a good thing no matter whether it's positive or negative, if you can use it. Because without feedback, you've got nothing to base any decision on, right? I yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that goes back to like doing hard stuff. Yeah. It's like you get the best feedback. And yeah, I think yeah. we're probably all the same in that. It's like, you know, we've all done hard stuff. And it's like, I have, you know, I admit that I have a positive feedback loop from doing hard stuff. And it's taught me that through hard stuff, like... You know, it's good for me. Like I get growth from it. Like I progress in life. So I've always thrown myself into that. I agree. And what what do you think is one of the hardest things? Not necessarily from the military, but the hardest. If it might be the military, but what, what's one of the hardest things that you've ever done? Working with Staz and Jay. Yeah, you know, that is a challenge. Working with Louis. That is a challenge, and you're getting constant feedback. Yeah, constant feedback loop. Not yeah, positive. Yeah. Not positive. But. Uh, yeah, yeah mine's going to be pretty. Yeah, it's uh, it's selection. Yeah, selection just knocks you on your ass. But I, I think. Same what Jay said there as well. It's that sense of achievement from putting a shift in. I love putting a shift in. And I love just knowing that I've worked hard. And that's internal. That's all internal. I don't need to, to you know, push that across to anybody else. I just like that. Do it for yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like knowing that I've put a shift in. So, yeah, Jay. Uh, Everest, Everest conqueror. Um, I, I, I always find with stuff like that, it's like everything that I've done has a different experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, there's, you know, selection was hard. Like Everest was hard, but they're all like different experiences. Um, like I'd say, like just doing the show, like the, the decision to make doing the show. I wanna, was, I wanna talk to you about that. Yeah, that you know that was that was, you know, Staz and Louis will both you know agree with this. That was a difficult time for me, as in because it's not a natural thing for us to come out and and do. Whereas doing Everest, it's like yeah, I've signed the paper. It's like I yeah. know it's going to be hard. 
yeah, I know yeah. it's going to be physically hard, it's going to be mentally hard, but I'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the second Everest was probably was, was probably one of the hardest things I've done. Yeah. Probably because the first one, it's like, you know, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. I enjoyed it more. I had less responsibility. The second one, I was guiding on there. I had climbers with me. I had their responsibility. Accountability, I had, man. Yeah, and they'd all paid, like, this big wedge of cash to get to the summit of Everest, and that, that weighed on me. Uh, you know, eight climbers. Um, and when things don't go right, and it's it's not your fault, it's the mountain's fault, it's like managing those expectations. So to, to then get to the summit with, you know, three other climbers, it was, you know, the, the joy of that was overwhelming, way more than the first time I summited. Um, so, yeah, probably those, those two aspects. And then I'd say leaving the army, like leaving SF and leaving something that you've done for the last 14 years of your life and, and being a part of. Um, that was, you know, I knew it was the right decision, but like at the same time, you're stepping into this unknown. Scary. Yeah, it's a difficult decision. Yeah. To make, yeah, and it's like just been paid like a, you know, you get paid really well in SF, and I've just been, I've had this wage that's just constant for the last 14 years, and also it's like certain wages are nice feeling, yeah. SF, SF kind of like built you the person that you are today. It's like being a professional kind of sports athlete in some respects because you've, you've reached the pinnacle of where you wanted to be, you know, as career-wise, especially, and it's shaped you over those years as an individual. Yeah, and it's for, like, you know, we, we were all like, before going into SF, we were all like, or I was the factory worker, wasn't yeah. I? And it's like, going back to what Stas said about... Window salesman, mate. Win, yeah, yeah windows. I wasn't a salesman. But, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I could have been that guy if I'd have chosen a different path or if I'd have failed stuff, but I wasn't. I was like, yeah. you know, a sergeant in the SAS. And then I had to drop all that, sign off, like go and work with these two. But it was like it's, it's two so, weeks later. Difficult, I was like, isn't it? I was it like is. sat in my flat in London, just like staring at the walls. And you've been so used to being around, you know, high performing SF soldiers. And next minute you just, you're on your own essentially. Yeah. You know, it, all it's responsibility a massive decision, is isn't you. it? Massive decision. And I think that, you know, that, that Come on, it's, it's got to be one of the best jobs in the world. You know, it, it absolutely for, for is. Us weirdos. For, for us weirdos. For us weirdos. weirdos. I mean, yeah. personally, I wouldn't <laughs> go back, but it's... Yeah. We're weirdos, remember? Yeah, yeah. I think for, yeah, for the weird amongst us, yeah. Intelligent it's, weirdos. It's, it's amazing, but I'd, I'd say that it's, it's potentially probably one of the most selfish jobs selfish, in the world. Um, you, know, as, uh, you know, just to caveat that as well. But, um, you know, but like going back to what we're saying, I think it, it shapes you as a person, it has me as well. I'm, I'm super thankful for it. I've got some of the closest so bonds. the hardest thing you've ever done um, physically and mentally, probably the selection that selection process for different reasons as well. And everybody, I think, struggles at certain aspects of selection. Some parts and elements of selection, I'm not going to say I enjoyed it, but but I did. You know, there's certain the challenge. You know, the the autonomy, getting up, being. I've never had a problem with motivating myself in the morning and getting going, so that was never an issue. Uh, you know, being out on the hills phase as well. And I think we, you, I remember, you, you know, you mentioned it. I was laughing, listening to your podcast, you know, with Fox and that as well. And there was that element of running around the hills, being autonomous and being quietly confident in your abilities, you know, but running around and seeing people, it's a leveler, isn't it? You know, look at I'm, what my four foot seven and a bit, maybe on a good day. Pushing it. Four foot pushing, six, it. Huh? pushing it. Um, Cuban heels on exactly but that, what a leveller you stand up so we're all carrying right. the same weight running the same direction up the same big hill you know uh, for time yeah. and to see people just dropping off people that are you know physically fitter than you you know on paper yeah. but they just mentally would break down they'd put so much pressure on themselves uh, for whatever reasons and then make their own they all come, a lot of people do come on selection with it 
an excuse in the top flap. You know, they do absolutely, absolutely and we've all seen it probably and, 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 and experienced that. But I'm the same as you, Jay. I went on there with no excuse. So I was kind of like, I've got no credible excuse to pull out here. I'm on a, I'm on a corporal course or I'm, on, I'm doing a, you know, a PTI course if I go off and they've offered me this or that. I didn't have that. Did you tell people you were going on? Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, do you think that helped or do you think that didn't help? Um, to me, I think it helped. To me, I wasn't too bothered, yeah, yeah. you know. I was, and... This for me was, you know, they the, talk about the fear of the unknown and, and I knew nothing of selection. I knew nothing about Same. it. I, I knew none Same. of these. You turn up, you know, and I think that, that, was, that was probably a good thing for me yeah, because people that have been on this course and maybe it's the second, third, fourth, fifth time coming back on selection, um, God bless them, you know, and then they talk about these marches and each, each individual march had a name and yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, this sounds horrendous. Yeah. I'm going to hell tomorrow, you know, and I'm <laughs> yeah. back if I'm lucky. <laughs> And the reality of it was, you're running around in the fresh air, you know, on, on your own. And I've, I've arrived on that. I love that challenge. I remember. It's, one of the sim- first, go on. It, it, it's a very simplistic lifestyle, yeah. isn't it, being on selection? Simple man of simple Especially needs. Especially the yeah. jungle. Like, yeah. I enjoy, like, there's no distraction. There's no mobile phone. You know exactly what you're going to do well, pretty much ants. that day. In, in the fire ants were a distraction, James. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to argue with you there. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I understand. You know, I, I remember, um, I won't name names, but the, the chief instructor on my course on the hills was like, um, the opening speech was like, lads, this is walking around the hills for five or six hours a day. The next day, you do it again. Enjoy it. That's all it is. It's not hard. And you're like, inside, you're like, yeah, cheers. And every day you've got absolute suffering. Then you can't help but look back. I can look back now, and I've probably said the same things to guys that I've taken through and gone, said exactly the same words, because you can just look at it for what it is, not what it means, because that can be built up to be something just ridiculous. It can be your your future, your dreams. But every day getting up to just go face this challenge, this walk, it's a walk. It's not a run. People a overcomplicate yeah, yeah, yeah. everything in life, yeah, and good. everything from the gym. And you'd see those people, the overthinkers. You get on selection, and everything. And I get it. There's, there is an element of you know squaring your stuff away, making sure everything's right, and your kit and equipment. But I, I'm a tight ass as well, so I paid for nothing. People turn up, don't they, with everything's pimped up, all their their bergens, uh, you know, the the tweak, they're changed, and anything to give them this little edge. And it was probably more psychological than physical. It doesn't matter where you. Also provides man. exactly. Also provides man. I remember that. I think it was oh, yeah, man. one of the guys walking through the jungle like. You know, in our patrol, I was the only guy who, who'd not modified his kit in any way. And one of the guys, I won't name names, was like, pulled me the DS at, at the time, Smudger. And he was like, uh, he was like, Sazuko was like, uh, what's going on with you? And I was like, I'm checking my kit off. What do you mean? And he was like, <laughs> are you the tightest man family. in the world? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you've literally done nothing to your kit. It's literally, it's all, pusses, it's all as it comes out the store. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. There's, yeah, yeah. I don't see the requirement for it, really. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, I could, it was like, fair Which one. It's kind of ironic in the business that you're in <laughs> I know, now, right? right? Yeah. I know, right? I know. Yeah. Just, yeah, but but no, I'm exactly the same. I'm, I'm a, I am a pusser's, I was a pusser's bloke and uh, don't like dipping into my own pockets for kit that but people, I could but yeah. get given. And I was, look, we were lucky in our old organisations. We got a lot of kit. So but my early days in my career, it wasn't like that, but I was exactly the same. I wouldn't buy anything. Cyclone Bergens. Do you remember everyone had a Cyclone Bergen? Was it Cyclops? Bergenhaus and, yeah. Cyclops yeah, Bergen. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, Monroe. that looks, yeah. And they were like, that is Alley. And I was yeah. like, I, ain't, I can't afford one of those. I used to have 
little brown socks that I used to pull down over my sort of... Old like, school. I got hammered on the hills for those because it was a bit of a bootneck thing to do. It's like, you're a bit... And it was just like, just what everyone does. I just do the same as what everyone else does. I, I want to be the grey man. Leading back to that, it's like that edge that people thought they were getting and, and, yeah, it, and yeah. it's rife now. And I think it's in, in a good way. There's a lot of good hacks, stuff out mate. there. Hacks. The people hacks. want to hack. And, yeah. and, 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 and that, that spectrum's massive, isn't it? From fitness industry to whatever you're doing. But if I modify this or if I do this, if I train like this, yeah. you know, pe- those are questions. What boots do you wear? It's like... It's like the 5%, or not even that. It's like the 2%. They're worrying the about overthinking the 2%. Yeah. Railsford with the, the British cycling team is all about the 1% differences. And if you add up all the 1%ers, then you get this big differential. And that's great in a, like a Olympic controlled environment team. of <laughs> yeah. cycling and yeah. swimming. Yeah. But in the real world... People aren't even focusing on the fundamentals, yes. which is the main stuff, the 80% benefit you can have in all of this. Don't worry about your 1%. Eddie Jones came and gave us a talk in my old organisation, and he was talking about when he came into the England rugby setup, Clive Woodward had been very much like the 1% rules, and he was like, he didn't just throw it out. He was like, we can worry about the 1%, but there's so much that we can get benefit from. Granted, Clive Woodward won a cup. And <laughs> yeah, he did all right. Eddie Jones hasn't done yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, very nearly. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's true in the sense that most people just want the, the fundamentals. How much sleep do you get? Are you getting the right food inside your body? You know, have you got sort of uh, a base level of fitness here? Or um, what's because this hack that you can when, take this pill and that'll help you? When that somewhere. goes away or something you. falls, like they, if, they, if they run out of protein, you know, powder yeah. on the hills or they, yeah. something doesn't go right or something's off kilt from yeah. their usual programme, it absolutely for their brain. Yeah. And you yeah. see that. You see these big, physically fit, robust guys on the hill break down. Yeah. Sat on their burger, and I used to run past them, and yeah, yeah. It, it'd blow my mind. I'd be like, yeah. "Are you all right? Are you yeah. in, you dying? You're not like me? Yeah, you are not like me." And I'd just be th- <laughs> looking at the guys. I have nothing in common with you. <laughs> get away! Get out of my way! But you just you I get just, your Superman power from you, it. Though, exactly. Don't you? We're yeah. talking yeah. about that. For that. You literally for that morale yeah. from just literally <laughs> suck it out of them. Yeah, it was you know, but it, it it used to just blow for me, blow my mind. I used Quite. to think. How are you rapping? And it's, it was probably something, a, an element of everything of, I've got something better to go back to. Um, and it's, it's physically harder or mentally hard. I, there's no, how, do you, how, how yeah. do you prepare your brain for that kind how of... How do you do it now? Weird, it? How do you do like, it now? Um, so you're in a world now, a completely different environment, but you're surrounded by some big players, some big goals. I'm going to throw... North Face, your Patagonias, your Arcterics—they're all out. Never there. heard of them. Never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but these are big players, and you're kind of throwing yourself into that challenge. So, tell me about how you do it now. Do you want to talk a little just about how we like? Just, just before we move cool on story. from the hills, I just got this popped into my head. I don't know why. I'm, did Jay? Did you have a swamp bottle? The side of your bed, still do. Still do. <laughs> <laughs> it's under here. Hold on. No, I'll, leave it, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Crack on. 